Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Hulkcast, where Villa have their second game in seven days on the banks of the River Thames at Craven Cottage. To offer their insight and knowledge on the opposition, I am joined by Dan Cook from the Fulhamish podcast. How are you, Dan? I'm good, thanks, Seb. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad myself. Glad to hear, especially away from the Villa side of things. Let's get straight into it. Um, Obviously, Fulham are currently sat in 11th with 12 points. Villa 16 with 9 points, 3 points behind. If Villa win by 2 or more, they leapfrog um, Fulham into 11th place. How have you made of your season so far? Yeah, it's been an interesting one, I think, from a Fulham perspective. We started brilliantly. Uh, You know, a 2 all draw at home to Liverpool in the first day of the season. Then we went and we we beat our our rivals Brentford. We got a win against Brighton, Forest, and it was always looking great. Going sixth, going into the international break, and then since then, tricky run of fixtures mixed in with injuries and also just some poor performances has seen us slip a little bit and starting to drop points in games that we maybe would have been eyeing up as at least three pointers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I looked at the stats, I saw that you had no wins in your last three. Um, You obviously lost heavily to Newcastle 4-1. However, that was mainly due to your red card situation. So you can look past that as a bit of an anomaly. Uh, Then you lost 3-1 to West Ham and a two-all draw to Bournemouth. How have those games gone for you and how could you get the lacking edge in the future? Yeah, the Newcastle game's a hard one to sum up because Nathaniel Chalaber puts in an awful challenge seven minutes into the game and it kills the game from that point and there wasn't much we could take away from it other than even with 10 men we defended pretty terribly and that's the main theme uh, in the recent run of fixtures is is really poor at the back again West Ham it was it was poor defending at times that West Ham had too many chances we had some gripes with VAR and there were some some complaints there which I personally thought were valid but then you go into the game against Bournemouth and we probably got lucky with a couple of VAR decisions. Ultimately, we're scoring goals at a, a decent enough rate and I think we always will with the players that we've got in this team. But we're only going to start winning matches again if we stop shipping goals at the other end, which has been the main problem. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the problem for a lot of teams this season. Defensively, yes. I mean, the Premier League is a shambles at the moment. Um, now, obviously, Fulham were written off at the start of the season by a lot of national media outlets and a lot of fans across the country. What would you pinpoint down as to the main reason as to why you're currently sat in 11th in a very competitive situation? Obviously, you've got the form of Mitrovic having put in a lot of his goals. You had 11 arrivals, I think, in the summer and they have all been worth their money so far. They seem to have made a big, big difference. And then you've also got Marco Silva as well, who is managing Fulham for the first time in the Premier League. If you could put it down to one thing in particular, what would that be? 
I think the reason why people are surprised is that they've looked at what Fulham were in the previous two Premier League seasons. And that's a team that came up via the playoffs both times, were for large parts of both seasons quite uninspiring. And it was late season form that, that drove us into the playoffs and finally up. You compare it to last season, we had a much more settled squad. Really, despite what the table says, we, we were comfortably the best side in that, that league. And, and we probably could have finished further ahead of Bournemouth had we not taken our foot off the pedal. So I think that's a big contributing factor as we've come into this season with already a good core squad of players. We've signed really smartly in places. I think Joao Polina is someone who I think Villa fans are going to be particularly impressed by, seeing as you've you know you're, you're missing Bubakar Kamara at the moment, and and Douglas Louise has been shunted into this sixth position, and and Joao Polina has been excellent there for Fulham so far. And then, yeah, Mitrovic. I mean, I know a lot of people have, have written him off several times, but as Fulham fans, we've always seen the qualities he's had. He, he's rarely let Fulham down. And at the end of the day, he is a striker who knows how to put the ball in the net and it's just so valuable. I mean, he's always been someone that I've I've looked at really closely. I mean, he's he's 28 years old now and he looks to have finally found, almost break, broken that Premier League curse that's been hanging over him for so long. I always thought, you know, he was a lot older than he was due to his his smart play and just for how long he'd been around really at Newcastle and at Fulham. So to finally prove people wrong, it must feel satisfying as a Fulham fan going, he can finally produce the goods in, in the big league. Let's move on to Marco Silva. 61 games for Fulham, 32 wins. He absolutely blew away all competition in the championship last season. What has been the difference between him and Scott Parker to really move you to that next level? Yeah, I mean, this this has been one that comes up within the fan base a lot. There was a lot of distaste towards Scott Parker towards the end of his reign at Fulham. And the one thing that Marco Silva did was, was come in and allow our attacking players to be creative, to come up with solutions and attack and really just express themselves. And that's something that, that Scott Parker as a manager sort of stifles. And that's not a slight against him. Some managers prefer a more defensively solid system. But Marco Silva really came in and gave our attacking line freedom. And, you know, we saw it in the championship last season to score, I think it was 106 goals, to put seven past three separate teams it was it was ridiculous. And we've seen it again this season, though. We've been scoring a, a considerable number of goals. And that's been the main difference. It's that it's geared up to trying to create chances for Alexander Mitrovic because we know if you give him opportunities, he will score. It's allowed creative players like Harry Wilson, Niskan Scavano to actually have confidence to take on their man, to try something different. And so that, that's been the big difference. The, the downside of that is that we are at times quite defensively vulnerable, um, which we weren't under Scott Parker. And so it seems as always at this level, there's always going to be some form of trade-off. But I think Fulham fans prefer it this way than they did under Parker. I mean, yeah, if you're going to the football and you're being excited, then that's a lot better than sitting there bored. And talking about boredom, let's move over to Aston Villa. Um, There's a lot of disgruntlement amongst the fan base at the moment. I don't know how much about it you know um obviously before the Chelsea game we were four unbeaten then two mistakes one from Tyrone Mings and one from Martinez cost us the Chelsea game however we did look a lot better and we're probably the better team for a lot of parts um now 
it's come out this week that this week is probably the most vital week of Gerard's managerial career at Villa. Um, would you see this from a Fulham perspective as a good or bad time to play Villa? Obviously, there's disgruntlement amongst the fan base. Like I said, a lot of people have voiced their discontent with Gerard's management and some chants about him leaving the club were made known at Nottingham Forest away and also at Villa Park at the weekend. The owners were in attendance and, you know, that can never normally be a good thing. And today we've been linked with Maurizio Pochettino and he'd be the man that we'd want to take over from Steven Gerrard. Do you see it as Villa having a point to prove and are more scared or do you see it as a good time to take us on with our frailties? I think and we were speaking about this on the podcast at the weekend. I think ultimately, right now, we'd rather play Villa with Steven Gerrard as manager as opposed to an interim manager who comes in and, you know, we, we often speak about the new manager bounce, but just providing something new to the team. It seems as though that, that this Villa team at the moment under Gerrard is something that might potentially suit the way Fulham have tried to play this season. We came up against Brentford and Brighton, both teams who tried to have the sort of the lion's share of possession. They tried to dominate the game. And that sort of played into Fulham's hands as we've, we've tried to be a little bit more playing on transitions this season. We've looked to press teams and go quickly towards goal. So I think it's probably as a Fulham fan, we'd rather be playing a Steven Gerrard Villa than a, a potential interim manager bounce Villa. But likewise, as you said, I do think you were a lot better this weekend against Chelsea. And that's a slight amount of concern because... I think if you take the principles that you had against Chelsea and put them into place against us, I think we'll struggle. We, we, we in general, struggle against intense sides who, who try and play football at a quick pace. And now, this season in general, that hasn't been Villa, but against Chelsea, I thought it was. And so then it, it comes down to whether Steven Gerrard's looking to implement his overarching philosophies or if he's looking to try and just get through these run of games any way possible. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I think a lot of Villa fans would agree with me in this, that we we play better against very good teams in the league. Um, now, you said about your attackers having more freedom and Fulham being better up front. Villa always struggle against teams under Gerrard, especially who play a low block. We really struggle to break them down and it becomes a very boring, passive game. Do you think there's a possibility that this could almost turn into a basketball game at times with Fulham at home and openly wanting to attack. Do you think Marco Silva will set you up to go for it? Or do you think he'll be wary of Villa's threats? Because, I mean, at the moment, we don't look as though we'll score a goal. I'm going to be honest. Two is completely mind-blowing because our top scorer, I think we've got about six or seven players all shared on one goal so far this season. And, you know, looking at us in open play, it almost feels... Jamie Carragher was saying it on Monday Night Football that there's three ways to beat a team. You either go round them, above them or through them. And Gerard has always been at Rangers, go round them. He had that in Barisic and Tavernia. And he tried to implement that at Villa, but with Cash and Dinya, it just wasn't working getting the crosses in the box because Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins aren't the people that are going to get their head on the ball and put it into the back of the net. Exactly like a Mitrovic would do, for example. So he signed Coutinho with the option to go through teams. And again, he Coutinho subsequently been dropped due to his lack of form and it just isn't going right for Villa. So if you were Marco Silva, how would you set your Fulham team up this weekend? 
I think, and this is what I think he will do as well, is I think Marcus Hill will be, looked, be relatively pragmatic in this game. We've conceded, what, nine in our last three now. And he's been trying to dodge the conversation of Fulham are struggling at the back. He's been trying to pin it to injury concerns and just, you know, unlucky in parts, blaming VAR. But I think he understands now that we do really have a problem at the back. And we went a little bit gung-ho against Bournemouth, which you might expect because we expected to beat them. And we paid for it in the first half because Bournemouth had our number. They knew where to press us. They knew if they sat in, they could spring counter-attacks. And it left us open. And I think he would be reticent to let that happen again on Thursday against Villa. And so what we've seen in general from Marco Silva is that he is quite good at adapting, making small tweaks, little adaptations to the system based on the team that we're playing. And I think he'll understand where Villa have struggled this season. And, you know, potentially it's to be expected and it's tough for Steven Gerrard coming from a league where you can play possession-heavy football against eight of the other nine teams in the league because you're just comfortably better than them. Whereas you bring that philosophy into the Premier League and you're a mid-table team, it's a lot harder to break down a Premier League team than it is St Mirren. So he's going to, you know, it has caused problems. And so I would expect Fulham to sit in a bit deep. I think we might see Harry Wilson come in after injury, potentially even start Dan James again and just look to try and hurt in transitions as opposed to trying to go toe-to-toe and trying to dominate the game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Talking about team news, that's somewhere else that Villa have struggled so far this season. In our 10 Premier League games, we've had nine different starting 11s and that's never going to let the squad find a balance, in my opinion. I've always been one for... You have a consistent back four, you have a consistent core of that squad and they will gel quicker and you will see performances enhance quicker. I mean, with Fulham, you obviously brought Bernd Leno in as a keeper and he seems to have done really well for you. And another player that's caught my eye, as well as you mentioned, Paulinha, is Andreas Pereira, obviously frozen out at Man United and got sent on many loans abroad where he didn't really hit the ground running. What have you looked about your signings this season that has improved you? Yeah, I think Andreas Pro has been an interesting one. At times, he's been a little bit frustrating. I think one thing that he's absolutely brought is a an aggression and intensity out of possession. He, he, he's very good in the press. He's helped Fulham a lot in that, in that sort of regard. It's been tricky because he had to come in and replace Fabio Carvalho, who was exceptional for us in the Championship. And we haven't really managed to find a player who's quite as good as him, but Andres Pereira has done well. 
the biggest thing he's brought is his set piece taking abilities. His delivery from corners has been a huge part of why we've done so well this season. We've got players who are dangerous from set pieces. If you look at Issa Diop, Tosin Adrabayo, Mitrovic, we've got a real height and a Polina as well. We've got real height in there and we can cause problems from set pieces. Burn Leno has been magnificent and it's unfortunate that his best games all have been in games when we've just been dire. And so he's not actually won us any points yet, but I think we're not far off getting a 1-0 or a 2-1 over the line where it's largely down to Burnt Leno. When you talk about problems with squad rotation and changes, Fulham have had the same issue. Fulham have been plagued with injuries and I know, I know Villa have as well. And it, it's meant that we haven't had a settled team at any point. We've not had a settled back four, which is a huge problem. So if you look at the weekend, Dissa Diop made his uh, second start for us in the league. We had Bobby D. Cordova-Reed, who's a right winger playing at right back. Um, and we had 36 now, I think, year old Tim Ream at left centre-back. And it, it didn't work. It was very messy, but it's because... Our first choice right back is out injured at the moment and Kenny Tete, we're hoping that he might be back for Thursday, but we don't know. And then we're missing two first choice wingers. Um, so Mitrovic isn't fully fit. So I think there's a lot of things for Villa fans to be potentially excited or interested about because Fulham aren't 100% fit at the moment and it's caused a lot of rotation and it's meant we've looked quite disjointed recently. Now, you mentioned your weaknesses in the squad and I've asked you if you were Marco Silva, what would you do? Now it's time to flip the table. N- not many people know Fulham better than you. So if you were in Steven Gerrard's shoes this weekend and you were looking to get a win against Fulham, what would you be telling your players, in your opinion, as the best way to get three points? Intensity. It, it's just, it's got to be high octane, quick, aggressive football against Fulham. You know, if, if we take the example of, of how Fulham were in the championship. We got done 7-2 on aggregate by Coventry City in across two games because they came out and they pressed the hell out of us and they were brilliant at it. They didn't let us play and that really caused Fulham problems. At the core of it, Fulham still like to retain possession of the ball at times and, and really play football. It's not long ball football. It's, it's still on the ground, short passes, trying to build something up. And teams that come and press us hard and press us with purpose cause us real issues. So I think that would be the first thing I'd say is, is that, that Villa would have to do that. And then secondly, I think, to be honest, not very much in attack. You do, we look at the Bournemouth game, Bournemouth really didn't have to do much to create chances. And so as long as you're, you're not slow in possession, I think chances will come against this Fulham team. Now the problem for Villa is whether you can actually put those chances away at the moment, which is has been the, the main problem all season. But I think those are the key things. And then finally, you've, you've got to keep Alexander Mitrovic out of the game. Chris Meppen was brilliant at the weekend against him. He outmuscled him, he outthought him. And I think I'm really looking forward to seeing that Tyrone Mings-Alexander Mitrovic battle because I think that could be quite a tasty one. I think they're two players who like a, a physical challenge, though they, they'll be up for it. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, you're not the only one. Tell me one game that Mitrovic isn't up for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I never like to talk about replacement managers when the manager is still in post. However, with the links that have come out today from John Percy, Villa's most credible um, 
journalists saying that Villa are preparing to move heaven and earth for Pochettino, it's very hard to look away from that. As a neutral supporter, say he came in, for example, what would that make you think of Villa? Would it would it scare you? Would you think it was a good appointment? How would you perceive that from the outside looking in? I, I, I mean, it'd be, be a brilliant appointment. And then the thing that I was saying about Villa on, on, on the Fulhamish podcast this weekend is that this is not a bad squad. There's a lot of talent in that squad. And some players within it are in, in, in bad form and they've had bad starts to the season. But ultimately, the core of it, they are still very, very accomplished Premier League players. And so I've always been slightly dubious about how good Steven Gerrard actually is as a manager. I don't think he had to particularly prove himself at Rangers. And we've, we've seen over the past however many months now at Villa that he's not quite adapted well enough. And I think in the Premier League, it's very difficult unless you are a Manchester City to put out the same game plan every week and expect to get results. I think you need to be a lot smarter than that in the Premier League. And Mauricio Pochettino is one of those managers. He's in the real higher echelons of, of the managers in the world. I'd be, I guess I'd say, and this might not be popular, I'd be a little bit surprised if he was to take on that project because I think that there are other jobs in Europe that are potentially opening up soon that, that might be more attractive. If you look at a, a team like, for example, Inter Milan, who are, looking on the verge of maybe sacking Simone Inzaghi or Juventus as well, who are not happy with Allegri. Those seem like more attractive projects to me for Pochettino. But if the owners have got, you know, the, the proof to him that, they, that he's going to get financial backing, that they've got a plan, that it would be incredible signing, of course. I mean, and, and it would mean that Villa would be a, a, a really dangerous side. And I think you would be looking at a, a top 10 side with a manager of that calibre. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it is still very, very early days, so we won't dwell on it too much. Now, we're slowly getting into my favourite part of the podcast, which is where I really test your nerve and put you under pressure with my last two questions. And the first one, as always, as you probably expected, is your score prediction for Thursday night game. Yeah, and again, not going to be popular, and I'm sure every every opposition fan comes on the podcast and says they're going to win, but this feels like one that, that that's Fulham's. Um, I think I think we'll go 2-1. I, I don't think Fulham will be able to keep a clean sheet because we just can't. But with the goals that we've got in this team, I, I, I would expect us to do well to, on, on Thursday. Well, it's almost as if you saw my notes. If you spoke to any Villa fan, you'd know that it's difficult to see where our next win is going to come from, especially away from home. We, we're yet to win on the road and our last game out away from home against Forest was a one-all draw. That was our first time we've picked up any points on the road this season. Um, I I will also go 2-1. Like you said, you you um, said about how critical Fulham set pieces were and that's something that Villa have struggled with. So my, my head's telling me we'll probably lose, but my heart is telling me we can get a draw, maybe even nick it. But yeah, I'm going to stick in my 2-1 prediction. And the last, how I like to round off the podcast, is every week we get someone to answer a non-football related question and then they get one to pass one down to the next viewer. So your question today is, which Premier League footballer would be the most fun on a night out? Oh, right. Maybe we'll take a, we'll take a Fulham-themed one. 
on this, and it's the first player that came into my head because I reckon he'd be great crack, would be Jimmy Bullard. I reckon, I mean, who wouldn't want to go on a night out with Jimmy Bullard? I think he'd be he'd be a good choice. And yeah, that's one I would back. That's a great shout. That's a brilliant shout. And if you could pass a question forward, I don't know whether it will make any influence, but we have Brentford. So our next our next one will be a Brentford fan. Oh, now <laughs> can stitch up a Brentford fan because we do not like them. Uh, good question. Non-football related. Non-football related. It's difficult, isn't it? I love it pe- I love seeing people's faces as I throw them under the bus. Do they miss having four pubs on each corner, having sold their soul to move to Legoland? <laughs> Perfect. You know what? Lovely. That'll do. That'll do. Well, <laughs> there you have it. Stephen Gerrard, if you want the best chance of beating Thursday's opposition in the capital city, tune into the Hulkcast. As always, <laughs> a massive thank you to Dan, as today's episode wouldn't have been possible without him. Check out his Twitter at Dan S. Cook 97. And while you're there, head over to at Fulhamish Pod while you're at it. If you're new to the channel, follow us on Twitter at 7500 to Halt and let us know your thoughts on today's episode. I've been Sebastian Bacon, and as always, up the villa. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.